welcome those who are watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV and listening to the podcasts also on iTunes and on Buzzsports. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. We want to really thank God for the opportunity he has given to us to worship him and to serve him. The Bible says, blessed is the man whom you caused to approach unto you. And I want you to know that there is something about God that we must not take for granted. Every one of us is privileged to serve God. And where God calls you to serve him, particularly in the local assembly, to serve him is also a privilege. I have never seen before, even before this role, this privileged role, I have never seen the opportunity to serve God in a place as something I take light. Because you see, there are billions of people, and then God calls certain people to his, 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 for his namesake, and then he calls certain people out of that subset into a local assembly to be directly engaged with him in one way or the other. And I want us to really see the privilege to serve God under this divine mandate as a big privilege indeed. Not because of my privileged role as pastor here, but just because I understand that when God calls a people and he gives them a mandate, you and I have a divine opportunity and a great privilege to truly serve God in that place. So may God continue to help us to truly appreciate this divine privilege in Jesus' name. We started our series of accessing divine help last Sunday. Amen. And um, what I want us to just do as we go into the second of the series is to look at the perspectives of the things that God is telling us that we need to do in order to be able to access divine help. It's not our covenant season of help alone. It is our covenant season of divine help. There are many helps. You see, man can help you. The welfare system can help you. The government can help you. Your job can help you. But there is something about God being the orchestrator of every help that you enjoy. That is what makes it endure. That is what makes it last. So when we are saying that we're looking at different keys and principles that help us to enjoy divine help, I want us to understand that we are just doing what God expects of us in order to be able to enjoy what he desires of us to enjoy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so our title for today is Embracing Humility for Divine Help. And we have our banner, which I told you we will be seeing. We saw it last Sunday because we looked at fasting and prayer. And this Sunday we'll be looking at humility as uh, the second title. And um, we will obviously be looking at the third and the fourth um, topics in the weeks to come. Humility is a condition that we must have. We must have a modest view of ourselves. That's what humility is. Having a modest view of one's importance. You see, many times it is not something that we ever say we don't have. I hardly find people who would not say that they don't have humility. But we must understand that the opportunity to have a modest view of your importance and my importance is a battle that we must fight as long as we live. When you cross one temptation to be proud and arrogant, you get into the next temptation. When you cross that one again, you get into the next temptation. 
when you see a man who has never had more than a thousand pounds in his life, when he gets a thousand pounds, gauge his life at that time. And then when God helps him, he's, manage, he's able to manage that 1,000 pounds. Gauge his life when he has 10,000. Gauge his life when he has more than that. So every, every occasion to increase and improve and be promoted is always an opportunity for the devil to introduce pride and arrogance. So we must continue to see ourselves in the modest way so that we don't allow the devil to take advantage. It is a thing that starts in the heart and then it eventually manifests itself in the flesh. So we must recognize it. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. It says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone. Somebody say to everyone. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself, of course, or herself, more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. The word soberly there means to think reflectively. To see yourself in the context of whom God sees you and no more. To think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Everyone you see around you is blessed in one way or the other. The way God is dealing with you will not be the way God is dealing with me. So if I have a certain kind of gifting... I must not look down on you because you don't have that. Because you also have something I don't have. For starters, I can't give birth to children. So if I look down on a woman, any woman, whether they are on the streets or they live in Buckingham Palace, it doesn't matter. Because they have something that I do not have, as basic as that. And in, even in the, in the context of life and in the context of the body of Christ, we must realize that every one of us is distinctly positioned by God and we must continue to embrace humility in order not to see ourselves better than the other person. Praise the Lord. So humility must precede prayers and intercession. We are quick to talk about praying. We are quick to talk about interceding in our lives. But when God spoke to Solomon, when he dedicated the temple in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, you have, we have read it a little this morning. In verse 14, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Somebody say humble themselves. Say humility is my responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say humility is your responsibility. The Bible says humble yourself. Later on, James came and he said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you high. He will exalt you. First uh, Peter chapter 4, he also said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So humility is not something that you have a responsibility for my life or I have a responsibility for your life. I have a responsibility for my life to humble myself, myself and you have a responsibility for your life as well. He said, if they will humble themselves and seek my face. I'm reading Second Chronicles 7.14. If they will humble themselves, seek, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. If you read the whole of 2 Chronicles 7, Paul, uh, God was talking to Solomon and he said, you see, God, Solomon was initially praising God and thanking God for the temple and then God came down and he said, look, you've done this and I'll be here. But you see, there will be times that there will be pestilence, there will be plagues, there will be things I will bring to come to pass because when the arrogance gets to me, this is my paraphrase, when the people turn away from the Lord, they evoke evil upon themselves. He said, but however, if they humble themselves... So many times, the stoppages and the challenges we have in life 
is really born out of pride and arrogance and a disregard for God. Our foolish ways. The Bible says if, if uh, 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 the fool says in his heart, Psalm 14 verse 1, there is no God. So we must know that every time we disregard God or disregard the protocols of God, what we are saying is that God does not exist. We must be very careful to understand that God expects us to be humble. If we want to enjoy divine help at all times, we must be a humble people. So humility is expressed when we continue to surrender to the will of God in total dependence. We must always continue to resist everything that may seek to puff us up. Things like knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1 says knowledge puffs up. When people gain knowledge, they begin to be puffed up because they have the lingo. I have in my life seen Christians, a lot of Christians in quote, who in church life over years have gained a lot of lingo. And they can talk a lot of things. So when they are talking and they are quoting scriptures, they tend to be puffed up because they, they feel that they are now better than the people who are around them. It is all pride. And we must be resisting these things, resisting these things. The Bible says also in Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, And you shall not forget, you shall always remember that it is the Lord. You shall not forget the Lord your God because it is he that gives you power to get wealth. So many times, riches, power, position, promotion, things like this have the tendency to puff up. And we must be a people who are determined on our inside to say, Lord, however I go, however I grow, Lord, help me to stay humble. Lord, help me to still be able to put my head under your mighty hand. Help me never to see myself bigger than I ought to see myself. This is one secret of constantly enjoying divine help. God detests pride. He resists it. Many times in the scripture, the Bible says that he brings everyone who is proud and arrogant to a fall. He brings haughtiness down. This was what caused Satan to be cast out of heaven when he was called Lucifer, the great and bright angel, the one who would sing and the whole heavens would shake, the one who led worship and orchestra and all the things because we knew all his body was musical instruments, the one who led it in heaven and the, the heavens were trembling at the feet of God. One day he suddenly felt he was bigger than God. He desires to be bigger than God. He desires to exalt himself and come into the throne where God dwells. Because his brain, cannot be, his brain could not comprehend anything bigger than God anyway. But he said, I will exalt myself and be like the God. Hallelujah. And so we must understand if God had to cast out Lucifer because of pride, we have to do everything we can to fight pride. We read the story of Uzziah from 2 Chronicles 26. On crossover night, I deliberately read the first 13 verses of that scripture because it talked about Uzziah in the right perspective. Uzziah, who kept on seeking the Lord. Verse 1, Uzziah, when he was 16 years old, when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did right. Somebody, somebody say, verse 4. Somebody say, and he did right. Please, verse 4. Can I have the scriptures quickly, please? Verse 4. And let's read together. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. If we read verse 5 and 6, he said, As long as he sought the Lord, he continued to prosper. God continued to help him. Verse 7 says, And God helped him. Let's read together. God helped him. Somebody say divine help. 
Say divine help. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gurbal, against the Munites. God made sure that this young man who was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, up to 50, up to 70 something. When he was, because he reigned 52 years, so he was about 78 years before he began to miss it. The Bible says that for all those 52 years, he was helped by God against everything that could have been an enemy. Why? Because he was seeking God and he was making God his priority. But the Bible says in verse 16, which is my emphasis today, many people do not know the end of Uzziah because what you might have heard preached many times is the fact that God prospered Uzziah. God helped Uzziah. Uzziah was a great man who accomplished much, and God helped him, and he became strong, and he became exceedingly strong. And like I said, on our crossover night, we stopped there because that is the model to follow. Everything from verse 16 is what we must detest. What happened to Uzziah is what we must always also fight against. The first thing the Bible says, let's read verse 16 together. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his what? Destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord, his God, by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Somebody say he crossed the line. Say he crossed the line. The Bible says this man became so strong. And you see, like I said just a minute ago, power corrupts. Wealth can corrupt. Promotion and position can corrupt. The moment you start to find yourself having influence is the day you must start to say, Lord, help me to remain humble. Because these things have natural forces in them that will want you to be puffed up. Why will a man who had served 52 years understanding the ways of God, understanding that God has protocol and there are priests who deal with things that have to do with incense and sacrifice, why will he suddenly wake up one day and feel, I can do it. It's my right to do it. After all, I'm a servant of God. I'm a king ordained of God and anointed of God. The Bible says when he was strong, his heart was lifted. Your heart will not be lifted up. I say your heart will not be lifted up to your own destruction. In the name of Jesus. The only lifting you are permitted to have in your heart is the lifting of edification that comes from God to take you out of the knocking down that the devil wants to give you. But rather... The, 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 to keep triumphing in that situation. Don't allow your heart to be lifted up to your own destruction. Anyone who wants to enjoy the help of God must resist every temptation to have their heart lifted up. I preach this today. I speak to you. I speak to myself. I speak to everyone under the sound of my voice. Wherever you hear this across the world, I want you to know that pride is something you must fight every minute of your life. It is very subtle. It never announces itself when it's coming. You only see its manifestation. Many times, you will just see the results. You will just see that it is a fall. That is when you backtrack and you see that haughtiness had set in. May the Lord continue to help us. In the name of Jesus. And so verse 17 says, So Azariah the priest went in after him. And with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And verse 18 says, And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. 
You have no honor from the Lord your God. Verse 19, let's read, let's read together. Then Uzziah became what? Furious, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. I believe if at that point, instead of getting angry, and he said to the priest, please have mercy on me, intercede on my behalf, let God help me, I believe very strongly he would not have had the consequence that he eventually had. The Bible says he became angry. Anger is a destroyer. Many angry people in the body of Christ today, and they are suffering the consequences. It may not be leprosy of this kind, but they are carrying plagues on them that is making the body of Christ a heavy place. So they are angry. The Bible says this man was to be corrected, but he became angry. And they said to him, Look, you are not, this is not in your place. Joel chapter 2 prophesied of the end time church, the end time army. He said they will be a strong people. They will be a mighty people. He said they will not break ranks. This is the quality that the church of God must have. He said, how be it, brethren, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you gather together, somebody, somebody, each one, say each one, has a psalm. Say each one has a hymn. Each one has a, 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 a testimony. Say, each one has a teaching. Whatever. He said, let all things be done unto what? Edification. Don't break ranks. Don't say, because I prophesy, you must also prophesy. Or because you cannot teach, I am better than you. Everyone has his ranks. Everyone has his ranks. What I am doing and what I am mandated to do here, nobody else at this point in time is mandated to do the same. I have don't call myself anything, but the reality is that this is my own job. This is my own role. The role you are playing now in whatever place, heading a department, working in the church, serving in the choir, it is the role God has commanded at this point. You stay in it and do it diligently. Praise the Lord. The moment I start to see myself better than you, or you start to see yourself better than me, what we are saying here is that we are taking incense that we should not take. We are burning the censer that we should not touch. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. It not only happens in the body of Christ, even where we work. You must have respect for protocol. If you serve under people and they are your line managers, give them the respect that they deserve. Not because they are better than you, but because it is the ordination of God that it be so. And I know that it's not easy. Some people can be very difficult. Some people can be very challenging. But humility demands, if you want the help of God, that you continue to allow the wisdom of God to help you to even function in such situations. Verse 21, sadly, the Bible says, King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper. My wife and I were in Cape Town in July, June of this year, June this, last year, June 2017, and we saw the leper's colony that people were banished to on Robin Island when they became leprous many years ago. They, did not, they were following this principle. They did not allow them to live in the, in the, in the, in where people lived. And we saw it, and it's such a vast place that they used to bury such people. Now, this was an Old Testament thing. And in our day and age, we will call it discrimination and all that. But the reality is that it, was, it, it used to be the hallmark of disregard for God. Remember Miriam and Aaron? Moses married an Egyptian woman. Whether it was right to do or not, 
Miriam opened her mouth. Moses, uh, Aaron, and Miriam, they, they began to speak against it. And the Bible says, leprosy broke forth and it covered Miriam from head to toe. Simply because she broke her ranks. May we not break ranks. I say, may we not break ranks in the name of Jesus. Then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house. The original King James said, and Jotham reigned in his stead. I want us to know, friends, when pride pushes a person down, God always has a replacement. Never ever think more highly of yourself than you ought to. The body of Christ must come to the place where we realize that we are privileged. We are a privileged people to serve God. We are a privileged people to stay in the place where God has commanded us. Proverbs 11 verse 2, the Bible says, When pride comes, then comes shame. You will not be put to shame. But with the humble is wisdom. We are talking about you accessing divine help. I use the story of Uzziah because if you just go back to read from verse 1 to verse 13, you will love this man. You will want to be like this man. You want to be helped like this man. My prayer for you, my dear brothers and sisters, is that our lives be like that of Uzziah. But whatever happened to him in verse 16, when he became strong and he began to do things the way he thought it ought to be done, may that never happen to anyone here. I say may it never happen to anyone here in the name of Jesus. James chapter 4 verse 6, as I begin to bring this to a close. He said, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. That means humble yourself. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you high. I say when you humble yourself, he will help you. I say when you humble yourself, he will help you. My God will keep us in this congregation a humbled people. In the name of Jesus. Let's turn to our feet.